Dude, it's Friday. What the hell was that? Friday. It is 11 fucking 30 already. It's time for lunch. But I also just had three pouches of fruit snacks. I'm a, I'm a, just a disaster, a mess, a sleepless uh, fucking pre-diabetic mess here. I'm telling you. I got to watch my shit. I mean, truly, I, I, there's so many things. There's so many things. I haven't talked to you in days and I haven't posted. I posted a bunch of stuff like two or three days ago, but now I haven't posted anything. I have a couple things sitting in the hopper that I need to get onto the thing and post podcasts. So by the time you're hearing this, hopefully you've listened to them all and you've just been glued to your, uh, your radio. You've been glued to your Victrola listening to the birthday boy podcast uh so now i've forgotten everything i've just been rambling for 30 seconds and now i don't know what i was saying uh what a crazy day weather wise first of all let me tell you that uh i don't i just got a terrible night's sleep because yesterday was like 60 something it was one of those weird things, just like Saturday. I went for a walk on Saturday because it was also 60-something. And everyone's like, oh, it's beautiful. Get out. And I, I do. I feel like I got to go up when it's, when it's February, January, February, and you get these days, and you're like, yeah, it's not going to last. We have to remember it's February. It's not like winter's over. It's back to, you know, if this was Florida, yeah, it's probably winter's over. <laughs> Um, by, by the end of February in Florida, winter's over. When I say winter, it's like, okay, it's now, uh, back to being, uh, 65 degrees at night instead of 55. And then the, and then the days are now going to be in the eighties instead of the sixties or seventies. So winter's over down there, but up here, you know, you get these, especially now that the whole climate change is really seems to be taking a really nice, uh, nice effect here on the on the planet because i don't remember very many of these days by the way do you growing up in the if if you if you're listening to this and you grew up in the 80s and 90s and i don't know where you're listening but i grew up in northeastern united states upstate new york specifically uh <clears throat> excuse me and i live in new england now same climate it's the same you know new england is right next door to new york new york borders on Massachusetts, Vermont, and Connecticut, and New Hampshire is, you know, I guess the most, if you if you just drove the fastest route from New Hampshire to the state line of New York, it's probably, you could probably make it there in two hours, maybe. So it's the same, it's the same climate, it's the same region, it's the Northeast. Growing up in the 80s and in the 90s, and even the early 2000s, uh, I don't remember any winters where it just was warm. I remember, oddly enough, winter. I remember January 1993. Why? Because it was the Sunday afternoon of the 1993 Royal Rumble. I remember going to with my dad to Faye's Drugstore on Route 50 and getting out of the car to go into the drugstore for some reason and thinking, holy crap, it's like 55 degrees. This is unbelievable. It was, it was in the 50s. I'm like, this is crazy. And, I, you know, I don't know, maybe one or two other. I don't really remember any days as a kid growing up where in the middle of winter it just was like in the 60s or the 70s. And even until 2010 when I moved to Florida. Then I moved to Florida and it's always hot and warm. So winter is just, you know, it's warm. 
And uh, the first winter in Florida actually got – there were some days that got into the 20s. I think in northern Florida even got into the teens overnight. An unbelievable cold spell. Ruined a lot of the citrus crops and things, the plants and whatnot. And that was – I mean, I remember putting the heat on. It was the only time that – it was like early January of 2011. I remember putting the heat on like three days in a row. It was crazy. And having it be in the in the 20s and 30s when I was going to work, like legitimately cold. Getting up on a Saturday at 5.30 to play video games because I had a young a baby who was only a little over a year old. And I, if I was going to get my video game time in, that was going to be it. Otherwise, you're not playing any video games. And uh, I would get up at 5.30 and I'd come downstairs. I'd, I'd sometimes turn on the heat. I'd open the front door and look out and almost feel like I was in New York. Because I was very, very homesick, and I would look out, and I would see the sky. It was so crisp and so clear and no humidity, and I could see the moon and the stars. It was Everything was just quiet and calm, and there's a little glow in the sky, and the sun's about to come up uh, in about an hour or so, and it's like, oh, man, this is okay. It almost feels like winter, and that, that lasted for a week or two, and then it was just back to Florida. Um, and then lived in North Carolina, which North Carolina, Charlotte, is typical to have – uh, the whole winter is one day is going to be in the sixties. The next day it's going to, you're going to get four inches of snow. Uh, a couple of days later, it's going to be in the seventies. The snow is going to melt. Everybody's out playing golf, doing whatever. And then there's uh ice and record, you know, it's going to be 20 degree record low temps and all this. It just goes back and forth and everybody's sick all the time because the weather makes you crazy going back and forth like that. I don't remember that happening in New York, but ever since we've been back in the Northeast, uh, here in, in New England, New Hampshire, and the Boston area, I feel like every single winter, Christmas Eve 2015, our first year here in New Hampshire, it was in the 70s on Christmas Eve. I'm wearing a Christmas sweater to try and get in the Christmas spirit back. First Christmas in the Northeast in years, and I'm was we were dying it was christmas eve and it's we're just sweating our asses off and and then ever since then almost every year like mid-february there's a day or two where it gets into the 60s sometimes i think this hit the 70s a few times 2019 i mentioned the patriots parade uh being at work and getting it to leave leave and go out and look at the parade and it's like oh it feels like summer this is amazing it's unbelievable gronk there swinging his shirt topless like an idiot uh, you know, the whole thing, it was great. And, uh, yeah. And every, every year, 2020 early, like the first weekend in January, going, we went to Boston before the pandemic just, you know, did everything and people were still out and about the kids went ice skating, uh, at the froggy pond and we didn't have coats or anything. We just, we went to the, the, the bar, the arcade bar and, uh, played a bunch of video games and hung out outside and went like went all over the place all over town it was wonderful and it was it felt like a summer's day uh 2018 i remember that happened 2000 i like so that's basically it every year um last year i don't remember anything because i was so miserable from january till basically june <laughs> so i don't know what happened last year january through march i was especially miserable um and then uh, got slightly less miserable, and then uh, and then June came along, and all was right with the world. But uh, anyways, I say this because we've had another one of those. Last Saturday, it was in the 60s. Today and yesterday, Thursday, was in the 60s. And now today, uh, we left. I took 
the oldest child to school at about, what was that, three hours ago? Four hours ago. It's just, it's quarter to noon. And four hours ago at about quarter to eight, we got in the car and it was torrential downpours. Like, I was, my kid was in the shower finishing getting ready uh, around 7.30 or so. And I was just kind of lying in bed, I don't know, probably playing Wordle or something and getting ready, uh, you know, once the kid gets out of the shower and then it's like, okay, time to get, time for me to get dressed and get out the door. And I heard this noise and I'm like, what the hell is that? Is there like a dump truck? I didn't know what the, what is this? And I got up, it was just rain. It was rain just slamming against the side of the wall and window and it, for like 20, 30 minutes. It was just crazy, crazy rain. Uh, it was about 60 degrees, just as it was yesterday. And we had the windows open. I went for a walk. I walked to Walgreens and got discount Valentine's candy, which I proceeded to destroy any gains that I made from walking, getting fresh air. I came home and I just ate a bunch of chocolates from a heart-shaped box. It was only $4, and then they marked it down like another 40%. So it was great, like a $2 big box of candy. And uh, <laughs> and had the windows open, was working until uh, 8 or 9 last night. Had the windows open pretty much that whole time. And uh, got up this morning, had shorts on. I'm like, eh, okay, it's raining. It's cool, but it's not cold. And now, uh, as I'm watching the sun come out and everything, and uh, the wind chill is 30. <laughs> uh, so, so three hours ago, it was about 60, and now it's about 30. Uh, so uh, that that'll make you that'll make you a little nutty, and I'm feeling a little feeling a little nutty uh, at the moment. And I just, uh, yeah, I just, I just devoured. I was on a meeting, and uh, okay, uh, I was on a meeting, and I just, I had, you know, it was nonstop meetings from eight thirty until until eleven thirty, uh, and then it's like, okay, it's lunchtime. Don't have a meeting until uh, until one. And uh, figured, hey, let me talk to the let me talk to the people. Let me talk to you here on the podcast. But I I feel myself just like, oh my gosh, I'm getting real real snoozy here, real sleepy. And I'm like, oh, it's the weather. I feel like shit because the weather is changing. Not because it's going from warm to cold, but if it went in the other direction, I'd feel the same way. And so, and a lack of sleep because I ate all those chocolates, and so I had a. <laughs> <laughs> not the best night of sleep, I'm sure. And then uh, got up, felt like crap, and came home, and I'm tired. And so I'm, I'm trying not to have these caffeine, cafe latte protein shakes. But here I am having a cafe latte protein shake, which is why which is why I'm talking this fast right now because I can't talk any slower because I had the cafe latte. Um, <laughs> and then I had three pouches of fruit snacks to go with. So, so caffeine and sugar. Is what I oh and a bad baked lays you know health foods, so yeah, um, here we are and I got a ton of shit to do and I'm I'm just you know, right now I should be getting my lunch prepared, and then eating my lunch while I catch up on all this work so that I don't have to be working until eight o'clock on a Friday night. But I I know myself too well. I hate to say it. I think <laughs> I think I know exactly what's going to happen. But anyway, uh. Yeah, so it's so it's crazy stuff. The weather, the weather's crazy. Oh, the weather outside is weather. Um, Cody Rhodes, 
this is very interesting. As you know, Cody Rhodes has left AEW, and it really officially looks like he is on his way back to WWE, uh, possibly as soon as, like, now. Uh, per Wade Keller, Pro Wrestling Torch, Cody wanted to be the top-paid guy, more than Punk, more than CM Punk, and a certain amount of creative control. Tony, that's Tony Khan, uh, the owner of AEW, was no longer comfortable with. Crowd turning on he and Brandy lost him a lot of leverage. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Because um, Cody was getting booed everywhere. And I think people... I think sometimes people boo somebody in wrestling because they're a great villain. A really just... Rowdy Roddy Piper got stabbed... You know, had rocks and bottles and things thrown at his head, had a gun pulled on him and all this stuff because he was such a fucking believable shithead villain when back in the day, in the 70s and the 80s. And people wanted to kill Rowdy Roddy Piper, who in real life seems like he was a very, very nice person, like a real sweet guy and a good family man and all that stuff. But he sold that Rowdy Roddy Piper dickhead character so goddamn well that people thought that that was the real guy and they just wanted him dead. That's one kind of booing. That's the kind of booing that's called, that's that's the heat, right? You want heat. If you're a villain, you want people booing you like that. MJF on AEW does a great job of getting booed because he, much like Rowdy Roddy Piper, and others before him, you know, certain periods of Shawn Michaels' career when he was a villain, specifically uh, 1997, 1998, I think of that Shawn Michaels, who was just a total asshole, and, uh, and you wanted to punch him. And it was great. It was so fun. And th- those guys, those villains don't come along every day. They just don't. Because sometimes the villain ends up just being, like, too cool, and you want to cheer the villain. Or the villain is just, you know, there's something just too likable. No matter how hard they try, they're just too likable for some reason. Or they're just boring. And you just want them to go away. But then there's some great ones that come along, like a Piper, uh, you know, Ric Flair at certain points, and a number of other guys uh, who are just great villains. And you just, you love to hate them. Then there's the booing because we don't, we don't like you. We just don't want you around we don't like what you're what you're presenting to us is not something we want what you're selling we ain't buying and that was the kind of booing that cody rhodes got in these last few months there was something that i don't know if like aew outgrew him or he sort of overstayed his welcome as this character but in the first year it was like yeah cool all right he's gonna give us some good wrestling matches some big moments um, there's a certain level of arrogance that always seems to exist with Cody Rhodes, which is why I never understand why he's ever a good guy. You know, maybe in the first few months of AEW, cause it's like, yeah, this is Cody Rhodes. He's sort of the, you know, one of the faces of AEW. He's, he's one of the founding members, the founding pillars, if you will, with Kenny Omega and the young bucks and Tony Khan and, you know, even Chris Jericho, uh, not a founder, but you know, one of the, one of the original faces of AEW and a handful of others. And now, you know, 
there has to be something difficult about realizing that you're not the most popular guy in AEW, even though that's the company you helped found and create and and launch and all that stuff, and you worked really hard to to you know to to move that needle, and then you come out and like the whole place just boos you no matter what you do. They're just like, get out of here, dude. And the response to that is usually that a wrestler will turn heel, will become a bad guy, will become a villain. Then you justify the booing, you feed into the booing, and they're like, they're basically telling you, we think you're a prick. So either start being a prick, the prick that we know you can be, or you know, cut the shit and go do something else. That's what that booing is. It's somewhere between go away booing, go away heat, and uh, hey, why don't you just do do what we want you to do? And I'm sure that's tough because, like, to tell you know, you know, it's like how the customer is always right. Well, not really. The customer is always a fucking asshole and a moron. And the rest of that line, by the way, the customer is always right in matters of personal taste, which is to say, if the customer thinks that a pair of blue pants and a purple shirt and a fucking, you know, uh, giant uh, Mounties hat <laughs> is it looks great and that's the clothing they want to buy, then you say, absolutely, you look great in this. Buy it. I'll wrap it up for you. It's not the customer. Everything the customer says is correct. And you should just give them uh, the refund on the thing that they probably stole that they don't have a receipt for. Or you should just let them, uh, you know, the, the thing – it was on the wrong shelf with the wrong price tag, and they're right. They should just get everything they want. No, that's not what that means. It just means like, okay, uh, don't disagree with their taste and things. Um, so it's got, to, but it has to be tough though, because yeah, the wrestling fan is the customer, and Cody Rhodes obviously had a vision of what he wanted his character to be and what he wanted to do when he comes out every week on the wrestling show, and the fans and wrestling fans are, you know, maybe the most vocal of any fans. Um, Star Wars fans are the most vocal and shitty. I think Star Wars fans are the shittiest fans because they hate everything. Wrestling fans are vocal and they hate most things, but if they, if you give them something really good, they'll love it. And if you do something legendary, they'll love you forever. And it doesn't matter what you do after that. Cody Rhodes, I guess, you know, I would say didn't get to that level and he, and man, it's not for lack of trying. And maybe there, there's a piece of that too where you just feel like, yeah, this dude, it seems like – it almost seems like he's trying too hard like to tell the fans, I'm not going to do what you want, but I'll compromise and I'll give you me flinging myself off the top of a 20-foot high cage. I'll give you me going through a, a table that has been lit on fire. I'll give you me uh, you know, flinging and flying off of a ladder. I'll give you me you know, crying in the ring to talk about – the importance of human life and my kid and all this. I mean, he's like pouring out his emotions. I'll give you, here's my shitty neck tattoo, which, you know, Hey, if you want to get a shitty neck tattoo, that's your business. The customer's always right in matters of taste. So did the tattoo artist say to Cody Rhodes, Oh man, that looks stupid. You shouldn't get that. No, he said, yeah, okay. You want this big crap ass looking neck tattoo? I'll give it to you. It looks in my mind, it looks dumb, but that's what you want. So that's what you get. You're the customer, and you are right, sir. That's a beautiful tattoo. Anyway, I feel like there was a there was just something where I, it's it's so hard to even explain. He's giving you good stuff on the mic. He's giving you good stuff in the ring, but there's just not a connection. 
which is unfortunately why I say he will be great to go back to WWE because that's that's all that WWE is giving you right now with a handful of exceptions. Like I said, a Roman Reigns, a Brock Lesnar, a Paul Heyman, you know, Edge and Beth Phoenix. And, uh, you know, again, all these names I mentioned are 10-year, 20-year-plus veterans with, with the company. Uh, the new guys, they're just, you know – trying but it ain't happening i mean what's austin theory is getting getting the rub from vince mcmahon himself on tv and it's i find it to be some of the least like okay he takes selfies great okay that's fun is he an interesting character no he seems like a doofus this stuff that he's doing with vince mcmahon just makes him look like an idiot and a pussy so why do i care what happens to austin theory there was another guy named austin you know what he used to do he used to beat the shit out of Vince McMahon and tell him to go fuck himself every week. <laughs> he would, uh, yeah, he would he would pour cement into Vince McMahon's Corvette. He'd drive a Zamboni out to the ring just so he could jump off the Zamboni and beat the shit out of Vince McMahon. That's, and you just wanted more. Give me every week. I want to see the different ways that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to humiliate <laughs> the shit out of Vince McMahon or beat the shit out of Vince McMahon. And once in a while, Vince McMahon will get the upper hand on Austin, but it ain't going to last long. Meanwhile, they've got this Austin, this other Austin. What did I just say his name was? I fucking... I, holy shit, I just forgot his name. Austin Theory. <laughs> Jesus. Uh this Austin Theory, and all he does with Vince McMahon is sits at a conference room table while Vince tells him what an idiot he is. You don't apologize. You never apologize. My advice is you're a piece of... And everything that Austin Theory says is... He's just being bullied by his boss. Like, why do we care about this? And what is the payoff to this? I'm going to guess there is no payoff. I'm going to guess Vince McMahon maybe personally just hates this guy or he just wants to be on TV. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't fully understand... But it's like, what's the connection here? There's no connection. And Cody Rhodes, that's the other thing. Cody Rhodes is no dope. He's probably seeing, you know what? I can make a shit ton of money in WWE, no matter what happens. And I could also go out there and connect with the crowd because none of the other wrestlers are. All of the wrestlers, almost all of the wrestlers in AEW are connecting with the crowd in such a huge way. Orange Cassidy, MJF. CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Hangman Page, Adam Cole, Britt Baker. That's just off the top of my sting, an, a legend, an icon, sting. You just, left and right, there's somebody new connecting with the crowd. Now Keith Lee is there. Somebody new connecting with the AEW crowd in a major way every single time. And Cody Rhodes isn't having that. But now he could look at WWE and say, you know what? There's not a whole lot of people outside of, uh, you know, two or three guys and girls who are really, truly connecting with the crowd. And this is where I could slide in and do my Cody Rhodes thing. And now they're going to cheer me because they haven't seen Cody Rhodes in a WWE ring in six years. And I will, I will make history by being not only one of the founders of AEW, not only the first match on AEW television, but now I will make history by being the first wrestler. There have been plenty who have gone from WWE to AEW or Ring of Honor or TNA or New Japan or whatever, NXT, any any of these places, to AEW. Cody Rhodes 
is now going to be the first person and a big name to go from AEW to WWE. And uh, so he's got, there's going to be some intrigue. It could add a little more like, oh, hey, people are going to like wake up and really, oh, now I'm really kind of looking at, at, at WWE now. Um, anyways, <laughs> so, so, so that's what you have. And then when you have Cody, yeah, Cody wanting to have more creative control, Cody wanting to be the top paid guy. Cody has no business being the top paid guy at the company. I don't care what he did to start that company or anything else. He has no business because I can tell you for a fact that with, there's been one exception and that was Cody and uh, and Dustin Rhodes, the tag team match that they had against, I don't even, <laughs> that's just, I don't even remember who the who their opponents were. How sad is that? That's more on me. It's just my memory not being what it once was. But in 2019, that pay per view, and they had that great match, and he kind of repeated what Dusty, you know, the same words that Dusty said to Dustin. Uh, you know, you'll make this old spinning-legged, broke-down old man a team up with me. I'm, I love your son. I'm asking you to be my partner, to be my son. And then Cody Rhodes, uh, you know, 20 years later, 25 years later, is like, I'm asking you to be my brother. You're my brother. You're my partner. You know, doing kind of the same, the same uh, you know, paraphrasing. what It was beautiful. It was great. He's Cody Rhodes has some great moments in AEW, some great moments. Um. You know, and legitimately with like tears in his eyes talking about his, his b- new baby daughter and like all this stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. If he's allowed to do that in WWE, that's actually going to inject some life into a very stale and largely unwatchable and largely uninteresting product. And I'm not a big, I've never been a Cody Rhodes guy, but I enjoyed what he did in AEW. He was not the reason, other than that tag team match with Dustin in 2019, he was never the reason that I was ordering any of the shows. Um, never. If I ordered a pay-per-view, it was not to see Cody Rhodes. It was to see whatever, MJF, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, the Young Bucks, uh, the Lucha Bros, FTR, those tag team matches, Britt Baker, you name it, you know, Darby Allin. Any of these guys, Jericho, Hangman, Adam Cole, blah, 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 go on and on. And uh, Cody Rhodes was never the reason outside of that very first pay-per-view that I was ordering an AEW pay-per-view. He was never the reason. If I'm tuning in to watch any live AEW, it's not to see Cody Rhodes. But if he's in WWE, if he's in on Raw on Monday, I'm going to stop what I'm doing because I want to hear what Cody Rhodes has to say. And I'm hoping that it's the same Cody Rhodes that we got in AEW instead of like, you know, Stardust or some goofy shit in, uh, in WWE. But I think it's insane. And look, you gotta, you're not going to get, uh, what are all those things? You, you miss 100% of the shots. You don't, whatever. If Cody Rhodes didn't ask to be the highest paid guy or have favored nations or whatever he wanted, uh, you're not going to get it. If you don't ask for something, you're most likely not going to get it. Uh, and he asked, he said, I want more creative control and I want more money on my new contract. And look, this is a business. And Tony Khan has spent a ton of money getting some top tier world-class talent and building up a, 
a fantastic roster. You know, there's some guys that I don't, I still don't understand why the big show is in AEW. I know he does commentary on their YouTube show. Other than that, he's like, you don't even know that he's there. They have a seven foot giant. Like, why, why isn't he wrestling? They've, they've had a match with Shaquille O'Neal. Cody Rhodes was in that match, if I'm not mistaken. Cody and Brandy versus Shaquille O'Neal. Or no, it was Cody and uh, Red Velvet because Brandy was pregnant versus Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill. And Shaq took like he's fallen through tables. Fun. What a fun. Like, that's fun. And Cody was part of that. But like Big Show versus Shaq has been a match ever since those two behemoths collided in the Andre Battle Royal back in 2016. They're like, where's the match? Big Show versus Shaq. Paul White versus Shaq. I'm sure it'll happen, but it's like, why are they? They're spending all this money to have to have Paul White. What's he? What's he bringing? He's a commentator on a show that's on the internet. That, like anybody watching that show, is just going to watch it anyways. I've watched it like once, not because I don't like it. I just there's no time. There's no time. Uh, so anyway, Tony Khan is probably also realizing, like, holy shit, I've spent a lot of money on wrestlers. I gotta fucking pump the brakes here. And build build around the talent that we now have. We have a very established roster. Probably, you know, there I'm sure there'll be some trimming of the fat in the in the months to come, in the course of the next year, as they realize, okay, who who do we need? Who don't we need? Even though we want them, we just, you know, and I could uh, you know, and Cody is like, okay, that's a good start. This is a guy who's asking for more money than than we can give him. More money than he's probably worth because he's not He's not giving us that return on our investment and uh, versus, you know, CM Punk is. And some of these other guys, Brian Danielson is, I'm sure. Because I want to see Brian Danielson. I want to see CM Punk. I'm, it's still crazy that we, we're getting these guys and we're getting Sting and having matches with Sting and, and MJF and Britt Baker are still, like, up and coming. They're huge and they're just going to keep getting bigger and better. I can't even believe... What a time. And Cody's just, you know, he's kind of playing that same note over and again. It's like, okay, I'm going to get really emotional and give you, put my heart on my sleeve in a, on the microphone in the room, uh, you know, when I'm talking to you, the fans. And then in my matches, I'm going to try to outdo the last thing. Like I said, flying off a cage, flying off a ladder, going through a table, going through fire, going through all, you know, all these things. And it's like, that's great, man. But like, if you're still not really, you know, Mick Foley did all that stuff too and had an incredible emotional connection and still does with the fans. I can't imagine anyone's going to be booing Mick Foley like ever because he didn't just put his body on the line for years and years to entertain fans and probably unnecessarily so in a lot of cases. But he also got on the microphone and you just, you want him to win. You want, you just rooting for Mick Foley. He's every man. He's just like, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's every man. He gets to beat up his boss every week. Come on. Cody Rhodes is a rich kid who's Dusty Rhodes' son, and he was born rich. He was born with a silver spoon. He's he's well-educated. He's a smart guy. He's had all of the great privileges that anyone would want for their kids in life. And he's, you know, Dusty Rhodes was the common man because he was he was the son of a son of a plumber. Oh, no, he Dusty Rhodes was the son of a plumber. Cody Rhodes is the son of the son of a plumber. 
which is why he says, I'm the son of the son of the plumber, because he's, yeah, he's several layers removed from anything, uh, you know, re- resembling like blue collar or, or the common man or anything like that, whereas Dusty Rhodes grew up, yeah, his dad was a plumber, he's a blue collar guy, middle class guy, regular dude, Cody Rhodes has never known what that's like, and that's why Charlotte Flair is great, Charlotte Flair is Ric Flair's daughter, do you think she was born with it? She went to Charlotte Latin or Charlotte. One of the, there's like two huge private schools in Charlotte that cost $30,000 a year. And she, I think it was Charlotte Latin that she went to. Her real name's Ashley. She went to, you know, the best private school in Charlotte. She went to, you know, she was an athlete. She's smart. Obviously she was born with everything and she comes out and she's so fucking arrogant. She's better than everybody. She looks down on everyone. She's a total dick. Boom. There you go. Cody Rhodes is like, I'm one of you guys. I'm the No, you're not. You're Dusty Rhodes kid. You Dusty Rhodes made a ton of money. And you got to you had a, you had a nice upbringing and there's nothing wrong with that, but just, you know, I guess maybe there's some level of rejection because stop pretending and then you've got this reality show where you're driving around in the Mercedes, you know, $150,000 Mercedes. You know, yeah, just a regular guy. Just a regular guy. <laughs> no, come on. Be a dick. You're an arrogant pr- Kofi Kingston told a story of when he was a kid and he was bowling and some asshole came up and just, you know, it was like a party, a birthday party or something. I don't even know. It's such a crazy story. And this arrogant little prick kid comes up with like a pop collar, grabs the bowling ball, rolls it, doesn't even look. It's a strike. And he's like, yeah, top that motherfucker. And it's Cody Rhodes. Like, why wouldn't you give us that Cody Rhodes so we could boo the shit out of you? The first year should have been you being like, yeah, I'm the all-American guy. I founded this company. I'm the reason you've got an alternative to watching WWE. And then it should have been like, you know what? Fuck you. You turn on me. After all I did for you, fuck you. I'm Cody Rhodes. Why? It's like, don't fight it, dude. So now he's going to go to WWE. He's going to make a ton of money. He'll be, you know, he'll be a good guy. All-American type thing. Uh, and, and, and he'll do just fine. He'll be in high-profile matches. You know, they'll start him out, whatever, I don't know, against Seth Rollins. Against the Miz, against Kevin Owens, uh, you know, eventually he'll, eventually he might, maybe he'll have even a match with like a Brock Lesnar, probably Roman Reigns, and you know, okay, all right, but uh, yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> he wanted top dollar and all this creative control, and and they said no, sorry, and it's there's no hard feelings, it's you know. They parted ways, and that's how it goes. More people will leave AEW, and more people will leave WWE, and they'll the revolving door, they'll go back and forth. Somebody will leave WWE and go to AEW and shit on WWE, and five years later, they'll go back to WWE. Somebody will leave AEW and go to WWE, and they'll shit on AEW, which everybody's, you know, oh, AEW is a great morale, happy place to work. Everybody loves it. Everybody's really, and morale in WWE is terrible. That's probably true. It's not going to last forever. The scales tip up and down. The pendulum, she swingeth back and forth. It's always going to change. And Cody Rhodes is the first to leave AEW for WWE. 
not the last. But he probably looked at the situation and said, man, I, the dude likes to make history in some way or another. When he left WWE, he was tired of what they were you know, packaging him as. He asked for his release. They gave it to him. He went and you know went to Japan. He went to TNA. He went to Ring of Honor. He he had you know some of his own like these independent pay per views, which then became AEW. It's history making, and now he's going to make history. Probably sometime, I would think, I would be shocked if it wasn't in the next twenty four forty eight hours or so, you know, or either Saturday night at the pay per view. Maybe not because that's Saudi Arabia. I can't imagine. He's just like, yeah, let's hop on a plane. I think it's in Saudi Arabia, the Elimination Chamber. Uh, So maybe it's not that, but maybe it's Monday on Raw that he shows up. That's usually how it goes. By the way, there's always somebody in February or right around February is when a major superstar returns to WWE. The last two years, I don't really... I'm sure there was, but I don't really remember uh, because it was pandemic stuff. It was like Thunderdome. So, you know, I guess like, yeah, I don't know. Edge in 2020 was, I suppose, the big the big return. John Cena, uh, that's what it was. In February 2020, yeah, it was John Cena and Goldberg returning and Edge returning a month before that. 2021, I, I really don't know. I don't know if there was anybody. I'm sure there was. I can't think of who it might have been. Uh, I mean, I guess Christian returned in the Royal Rumble, but then he went to AEW a few months later. So I don't know about 2021, but 2019, like, I don't know, Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett returned. I don't know. That not, I wouldn't say that they moved the needle necessarily, but I mean, even going back like 1993, February of 93, Hulk Hogan returned on Monday Night Raw. That was a big one. Uh 1995, February of 1995, Sid, Big Sid comes back as Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. That was a pretty big deal. 1997, Legion of Doom return. I thought that was pretty significant. 1996, I mean, Vader and Jake the Snake in the Royal Rumble. There's always either a big return in the Royal Rumble or a big return in February. It just seems to be February as as an interesting time. And the Ultimate Warrior return at WrestleMania, I guess maybe that's... Oh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. In February of 1996, Rowdy Roddy Piper returned. Uh, So there you go. 1999, Paul White, Big Show, made his debut at the February pay-per-view, throwing Stone Cold Steve Austin into the cage. Big surprise. In 2000, I don't know if it was late January. It was like the last day of January or the first day of February, but it was Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, a.k.a. the Radicals with a Z because everything in those days had to have a Z instead of an S. Uh, the Dudley boys with a Z, the Hardy boys with a Z, Taz with like eight Z's at the end of it. It's just crazy. Z crazy. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's always, it's always somebody, uh, you know, 2001, I don't know. I'm sure it was somebody I can't think of. I guess, uh, Mick Foley maybe kind of returned kind of sort of to be the referee at WrestleMania. It's probably somebody obvious. That I'm just not thinking of. Uh, Shawn Michaels was supposed to, but didn't. Uh, 2002, there's a bunch of the NWO, Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall returned in February of 2002. February 2003, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Rock all returned to the pay per view. 
2004, I don't know, probably somebody, I, I can't, you know, once we get past like 2004, 2005, I, my, my memory of such things is not as, not as good. I'm sure there, I'm sure there are some, I know like big show in 2008 and Christian and yeah, other people, but anyway, uh, you know, Bret Hart returned in 2010. So, so could this be uh, Shane McMahon in 2016? I'm sure there's a bunch that I could think of if I really stopped and, and went back. But anyway, that's the only point is, uh, yeah, there, there always seems to be some big reviews in Feb, uh, some big reviews, some big returns in February. And, uh, Cody Rhodes, maybe 2022 is the year for the big return to the WWE to be Cody Rhodes. Uh, and I would think that that would happen soon. I would think that I would think Monday night, like, why wouldn't you get people interested, get people excited, get people, you know, WrestleMania is what a month and a half away. Two months away, less than two months away. Get it. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's F and go, bro, bro. So anyway, uh, so that's fun though. I like, I like when the, the rosters have a little shake up and somebody leaves one company and goes to the other. Uh, I wish that 2015, 16, 17, 18, when WWE basically had everybody on their roster, and now most of those people that I was really excited about being either in NXT or WWE are now all in AEW. But hey, that's the way it goes. What the hell? Uh, that's the way it goes. Enjoy them wherever they are. That's the one thing I learned from being a wrestling fan in the 90s because I'm still not over the heartbreak of Big Daddy Cool Diesel and Razor Ramon in 1996 leaving for WCW. But what did they do? They formed the NWO, and it was one of the most exciting things that WCW had. And I watched it every week, and I loved seeing what the NWO was going to do. But I also wanted... I wanted to find out that, like, you know, one week they just decided to leave WCW and were granted their release to go back to WWF because I hated not having those guys in WWF. I hated it. And, uh, but if I were, but I was, you know, 16 years old, I was just, I was but a pup. 41 year old me would be like, okay, well, I wish they were still in WWE, but that was cool. And, uh, and now I'm going to enjoy what they do in WCW. And I wouldn't have cared as much. But all the teenagers back then were just, you know, they lived and breathed and like, ah, oh, yeah, fuck WCW, fuck WWF. Um, and now I know to just whatever you're, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you should be able to enjoy something about all of these products. So, hey, cool. I'm excited to see what Cody Rhodes does in WWE. I hope it's, I hope he makes a big impact and I hope he makes it immediately. And uh, I hope that, uh, you know, Keith Lee is now in AEW. I'm excited for that. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. A lot of people want Bray Wyatt to show up in AEW. I do too. I think that would be cool. I think that would be like the last, the last sort of big name from WWE to show up in AEW. And then I think they should just like, just stop. Stop trying to get all these guys. Just be, you've got a great roster. You know, maybe Bray Wyatt is the next, the next big addition to that roster, and then and then maybe you just now just now just cultivate it, now just uh, just let it grow, let it develop, let it let it take shape, and really focus on those characters. That's what I say. 
but what do I know? I don't know anything. I just watch a lot of wrestling. Uh, you know, anyway. <laughs> it's very exciting. It's, like, it's always exciting. It's WrestleMania season, and the Elimination Chamber is coming up uh, tomorrow, Saturday night. And I think Goldberg is somehow in it. <laughs> He's in one of the matches. I don't even know. I don't know what the matches are. I like... I, I was originally against the Saturday night pay-per-view. AEW, Ring of Honor used to do them. But uh, let's see, Elimination Chamber 2022. <sighs> okay. Um, and then over the last like year or so, occasionally WWE, I think it started with, uh, with WrestleMania two years ago. They had, during the pandemic, it was just so big that they had it over the course of two nights in 2020. So they had a Saturday night and a Sunday night. Night one, night two, which I'm sure Vince does not want to say night one or night two because then it, in his mind, he's like, oh, we're, we're ranking the nights and they're going to think night two is worse and then the first night is number one. And then he's, he's crazy like that. But So they call it WrestleMania Saturday and WrestleMania Sunday. But that was, to my knowledge, the first real uh, use of Saturday night for a pay-per-view. And then... Um, and then last year's WrestleMania, they had a Saturday and Sunday. And then they started here and there. And I think I thought, oh, maybe it's because of, uh, I don't know, just schedule stuff. I think SummerSlam was on a Saturday. But then some of the pay-per-views were still on a Sunday. And then there were some Saturday, some Sunday. And now it just seems like they're, they're moving it to Saturday. And I have no problem with that. Because as a teenager, hey, whatever, I don't care. I don't need sleep. As a 41-year-old... Hey, you know what? I can stay up and watch this pay-per-view. <laughs> and if I want to watch the whole thing live and it ends at midnight, hey, no big deal. Tomorrow's Sunday. I can sleep in. Uh, so I'm, I'm good with these pay-per-views being on Saturday. And I'm good with WrestleMania because I, I don't like the notion of WrestleMania not being on a Sunday. So I'm glad that they have WrestleMania on a Saturday and on a Sunday so you can still enjoy. Uh, WrestleMania belongs on a Sunday if no other pay-per-view so I'm glad they'll have, you know, it's like the Masters. It's Saturday at Augusta, Sunday at Augusta, right? That's fun. So Royal Rumble is on a Saturday. Elimination Chamber is on a Saturday. I'm good with that. I like it. It's, it's a, it adds a little extra excitement to Saturday night. Um, and on Sundays, I just, I, I don't have time for wrestling. On a, I'm get, you know, kids getting ready, getting ready for the work week. Da, 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 da. So I'm cool with if they, if they decide to have most, if not all, of their pay-per-views on Saturday and then have, of course, WrestleMania on the Saturday and the Sunday. I'm down with that for sure. Uh, so, yeah, the Elimination Chamber is tomorrow. It's Saturday night. And I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what the matches are. I just know I saw something with Goldberg is back. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. Oh, God, what a great one that's going to be. I hope it's good. I hope they do some shit. Uh, the Usos versus the Viking Raiders, or, or War Machine, as I like to call them, because that's what their name was before. Becky Lynch versus Lita. Uh, that's cool. Elimination Chamber, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar versus Seth Free. So that's just his name. He, it's in his name now, Seth Freakin' Rollins versus, oh, Christ, Austin Theory versus Riddle. Cool. Versus AJ Styles. All right. Where's Randy Orton? Hey, Randy, where are you? I guess he's, is he injured? Maybe he's injured. I don't know. 
Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss with Happy Corbin. Falls count anywhere. Are you Madcap Moss? Okay. Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop versus Nikki A.S.H. versus Alexa Bliss. Elimination Chamber for the Raw Women's... Oh, for, a, for a Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. Okay. Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. That's cool because I fucking love Naomi. Oh, my God. Can she please be world champion at some point and have a good long run? Uh, Rey Mysterio with Dominic versus The Miz with, with Maris. Uh Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, the, yeah, some people are missing. And, you know, whatever. No Edge. No Kevin... Is Kevin Owens in this thing at all? No? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they don't have everybody, but I think this is in Saudi Arabia. So maybe not everybody can get over there. Wait a minute. Eliminate, known as No Escape in Germany. Oh, oh. That's the, it's called No Escape in Germany. Uh, Jeddah Superdome. Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I hate that shit. What is that noise? Like, what is that noise? What do I keep hearing? That noise. What is that noise? Okay. You hear that? Anyways, I gotta go. I can't wait. Pay-per-view, Elimination Chamber, three-day weekend. Cody Rhodes, we'll see what happens. Talk to you next time. Go to birthdayboyshop.com. Get your merch. Later, Gators.